0: Hey, everyone. Just have a quick disclaimer here. Um, We're trying to do less editing in these podcasts, so there may be some strong language. um, And just know the topics don't represent any associations or any corporations that are involved in any of this stuff. It's just personal opinions, and um, we hope you enjoy this podcast. Without further ado... Welcome, everybody, to Five Pin Universe's podcast number 22. We went on a little hiatus there. That may have been mostly my fault, but uh, as we know, the Open was going on, and we had uh, people playing, obviously, in that tournament. Um, we just have the regulars here, the Wisemans and Adam Weber. So our first topic will be the Heritage Traditional. It's starting tomorrow with the doubles event. Um what do you guys think the scoring is going to be like? You obviously played the open there this past week. Um, how was the scoring?
1: All going to be dependent on how much oil's out there. And uh, I, I would suspect he's probably going to oil probably tomorrow morning. I, I think that's what they did during the open. Um, or was it Tuesday, Wednesday? I don't know when they the, did.
2: They, open, they normally oil on Tuesdays, he said, and they, but they pushed it a day earlier to Monday to give it a little bit of time to dry out before Wednesday.
1: Okay. So
2: hopefully they followed the same sort of pattern and started on Monday just to let it like you know dry out a little.
1: Yeah, I remember when we did play the singles there on Wednesday, the lanes were dead straight, and of course throughout the week they started to break down a little bit. Uh, There's going to be a lot of chop-offs. Uh, tons lots of 12 counts uh for everybody uh ridiculous amount uh score is going to be relatively decent i think there there's plenty of score uh the one thing i I didn't see during the the uh the open there was there wasn't a whole lot of big runs so a lot of double chops you know triple chops uh obviously your plows are out there everywhere Uh, but I, i do expect scoring to be relatively big
3: I think it'd be over 2,100 for sure. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Last year's cut was about there, so I, I don't see an issue with it being. The scores are going to be there. I think the approaches have been way better this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, been way way better. Uh, just a matter of finding the right line with hitting uh, pocket with the amount of will. I, I played well for Wednesday, and I didn't play very well Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. But I. That's because I didn't find the right line or wasn't going on the right line. So
2: yeah, there was there wasn't much forgiveness. There definitely isn't for high hits. Um, high hits is an instant chop. Really, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of rolling out for shots like that. But you hit pocket, it seemed to be fine.
0: Mm-hmm. So if
2: you could get to pocket, you definitely pocket or thin shots are your way to go.
0: Yeah, the cut last year was twenty one oh four. So yeah.
1: I expect it to be higher than that, uh, I guess, to, to, depending on numbers, of course, right, um, but there's no, no reason it, it can't be, you know, 21-20, 21-quarter, 20, 21 something like that, uh, I, I think the lanes are playing a little bit better than last uh, year, uh, simple reason, uh, like, like Tim mentioned there, the, the slides are, are very consistent, uh, or at least they were a couple weeks back, so I, I'm expecting the
0: same what kind of numbers do you guys expect? Um, last year was 165 entries. Do you feel it'll be around that same? I know there's a few more Ontario guys coming out, I do believe, but I've heard some locals aren't c- coming out this year due to a number of reasons, but, um, I'm wondering if, if we're going to get close to the same numbers or not.
3: 165. I thought it was more than that last year. Oh, I trust your, I trust your, your statistician there, Jerry, but, uh, uh, I think, looking at the numbers that we have for for what's registered for the bakers, I haven't seen any single shift yet. Most of those players are gonna be playing, right? So, if twenty three teams right now, I think I don't know if they filled the twenty fourth team yet. But so, say you have eighty players there, I I think it'd be one, between one eighty. I think it'd be about one
1: eighty if everybody plays.
3: 10, I'm hoping. I'm
1: hoping. Can't see it being that high, but uh, I, I think it'll be probably relatively the same between 160 and 170. Uh, they, this year, th- there's a bit of an anomaly with uh, within the Alberta crew too. Um, just with the the Edmonton sweep this year, uh, there's a lot of a lot of players that don't have really anything else to play for, and they they shut this they shut the season down. Right? It's uh, you know it's golf season. It's baseball season. Um, yeah, if they have the opportunity to go camping they, they go travel they do whatever right it's, it's so also that, a that, that's a too. big big part yeah that's only that's only Sunday
2: yeah but I mean everybody's playing for Sunday right True. so you're you're trying to make it and I don't know if we're losing some local locals for whatever reason uh, with red deer then uh, there, there's a good chance i mean we, we're up numbers in wcbt membership as it is and there's a lot of people fighting for the final spots this year so we may see an increase in numbers from those people than uh than the local numbers so it, I, it, it might balance out we'll see yeah i haven't seen any numbers or any predictions or anything on there and for singles or stuff so um but it, it's always a good run tournament and there's there's always a lot of people that look forward to being there. It's a great facility. So, yeah. um, I imagine I imagine it'll be busy.
0: Yeah, and the a unique format always helps bring out the extra players too, right? Yep. Um so we'll just give a couple shout-outs to a few high games that we were reported on in the last month. There hasn't been a lot of people sending stuff in, but uh, due for good reason, we were on a hiatus, but um, shout out to Haley Cole uh, during the green gold shooting perfect game 450, pretty amazing. Uh, awesome, hate to say it, but Bonnie Dune's got a track record of giving out the perfect games, but uh, that's slowed down this past year. There hasn't been a whole bunch out of that center, so Haley coming out and shooting a huge game like that, that's pretty awesome to see.
1: Our partner was shooting huge too with Gary, right?
0: Yeah, so uh, they had back-to-back games. So the way the green gold works is everybody throws their own game. You play with a doubles partner. And they threw a 16-18 double between the two of them. Scratch. Scratch. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely insane. Unreal number. Mm -hmm. Haley Cole and Gary Baird. Pretty crazy. <laughs> four
3: four fifty 393. Yeah, that's pretty
1: cool. Yeah, what what were the games? It was what? 450, was it 393 yeah. for so, Haley? So, so Haley shot 450,
0: 350. Eight, 843 double? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry. That's yeah. just that's just dumb.
0: 450, 393,
3: and Gary was 350, 425. Absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you, think you shoot seven seventy something, and you'd be top of the the pair, but not even close. Absolutely yeah. demolished. You lose by, by by seventy. They they were <laughs> they were about tw- they were twenty fifth going into the I believe into the second lot the no, third last game, twenty fifth, and they're seven hundred pins out from first, and they shot like six and six and a half or something in the last game too, and they lost by a hundred and they came in third absolutely insane that time just really cool
1: who ended up winning it was uh steve Petr- james, no 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 sorry
3: james, james, james mccara and uh kane
1: oh excellent yeah always a fun tournament also lots of money on side pots yeah. uh definitely worth playing if you haven't played that one
0: uh, and then just an extra shout-out to Phil Mayo. Um, it was submitted a 13-15 for four. Uh, nothing to shake a stick at, that's for sure. That's a great score. Not sure that's if that's high quad or um, how that came about. Don't have the details, but pretty cool score. Uh, so, I guess we'll move on. Um, so, Edmonton kind of wrapped up a trial period at Bonnie Doon Lanes for... Um, they called it the Edmonton Pro League, ran by Bradley Tiggett and Evan LeCousier. and Five Pin Universe did some streaming for them to help support it. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on how the how it ran? Did you like the format? Did you um, do you expect to see that trial format come back next year? Uh, well,
3: I'll start here. Um, I do. I think the format will be back next year. I, I don't see the Wednesday match league coming back. I think this is something they're going to stick with. I think Lynn Howell, who's the president for many years, has decided or, or really come to like conclusion that it's not going to come back. So this new format, I, I'm not going to lie to you, it was, it was pretty good for the most part. I really find, the for me personally, just I find the the stuff that the five pin universe does, whether it's for the streaming and for the commentary and the, and the output wise, I think that is phenomenal just because it brings people into it. People are watching all across Canada. Um, the bowling's being promoted properly. I think that's where the best part is. I'm not going to lie to you. Like Karen and I talked after (laughs) afterwards, I was a little bit cheesed on how, how the thing worked at the end of the finals. Um, partially because i didn't make it but i mean that 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 is the way it is i'll I'll be honest about it but i think there has to be some changes in the in the format um i think there it's a it's a drop in it's it's a drop in format and i think with the format the way it is i i I don't know if you're going to get all people show up every week and then that's that's what the format's about but i think the finale part has to be worked out a little bit differently and we we have some they have some tweaks they found out through errors on doing the uh, or or things that maybe could have went better, right? Yeah, um, and,
2: I mean ultimately that's why they're running a trial period, right? This right. Is, for this sure. is where they need to learn from their mistakes and or, or, or if there's mistakes at all. But I mean it's it's a trial by error, right? So um, <clears throat> I, I liked it. It was definitely competitive right away. Um, I like the fact that we do a step ladder streamed because. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot of people that get into those opportunities all the time. So, the more opportunity you give people to be in those situations, the more comfortable they're going to be. So, long term, I mean, I think it's really beneficial to our bowlers, especially the ones that are, you know, making, the, you know, uh, heritage finals or, or the WCBT finals or things like that. I mean, it's uh, I think that's super beneficial. I agree with Tim. I think the finals need to be reworked a little um, simply because. You know, I I like the idea of the stepladder winner gets the automatic buy into the final week, but I just, I don't like giving away five spots on the final night um, and only one on the other nights. I mean, to to me, it kind of promotes just showing up on the final night or playing one night, one week. And then one, the final night, because the final night's the one where you have the best opportunity of making it. And I, I think we want to see them play more often than that. So I think there needs to be some working there. But I love the idea, and I love the competitiveness of it, and uh, I, I think it's really beneficial. It's unique, that's for sure, and, and I like it. I, I definitely like the fact that it's drop in because even playing like three weeks of that and then playing my Thursday night league and my Sunday night league, I I straight up burned out. Like real quick, especially after the open and stuff like that, too. So, three nights a week is way too much for me, but uh, <laughs> doing it every once in a while is okay. So, I like the fight that is drop in for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of similar in it. At, uh, I only had the opportunity to play one of the four weeks, uh, just due to other commitments and yeah, the pure burnout. There, there's so much bowling in that stretch for everybody. Um, the uh, uh, just kind of reiterate everybody else's thoughts. You know, the 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 idea of the stepladder and everything weekly. Uh, it's huge. It's going to boost confidence, especially when you're in those moments. That experience is, as we know, invaluable. Um, the the biggest issue that I can foresee is this the same that uh, you know many of us have kind of thought and uh, for, from the start is that you're only going to get the same people out week after week. And if your cut line is going to be 290 to make it uh, into a stepladder, you're going to have 10 people, 12 people, uh, three of them are there just to support and the other ones are really uh, just gunning forward for that weekly prize. So... Um, unfortunately the you know, there there wasn't a, a huge number that they came out to, to any of the events. So, um, I, I think it's just more of the timing side of it. So the trial is, it would have been nice to, to have a bigger, you know, number set. Um, I, I think it's going to be a big format in Edmonton for, for a few years anyways. Um, but I, I definitely think there needs to be some tweaks and, uh, I, I heard similar things about the, the finale there as well. Um. Yeah, why why not just play one week and then just go play the finale and then get it all in, right? So, um, yeah, no, I I love the idea. Uh, good on everybody for 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 getting out there to support it, and uh, you know, especially Five Pin Universe for for pushing that out to uh, to the public.
3: I I guess I guess the problem I had with it um, was they allow I think top four in the for your cumulative total. To move on to the finals, based off your previous weeks. So I one supported it for four straight weeks. Uh, I was averaging two ninety something. I was fine, and then I absolutely was crap the last two games, and I dropped out. And it wasn't so somebody who bowls only two weeks. You had to have minimum of two weeks in order to participate. The one who had minimum of two weeks with my week four weeks. They had anyways. it Worked out that my last week. Drop me out of it right but i could have not played the last week right i did not have to play the last week and i would have made it right and i i have a hard time with the fact is if i don't make it if i don't i shouldn't i should always have to play support i shouldn't be deterred on on and on playing playing. that being said if they maybe move it best two out of four and then kind of so you want to re-up your totals in order to to make it you might have more encouragement doing that Right, but yeah. they didn't know they, they they would have known any different. It, it was a trial, right? And unfortunately, yeah, you know, maybe I was the, you know, the one that had to had to learn from it,
1: <laughs> right? But well, so, what about yeah. just what about possibly just taking top two of each of the weeks, and then they get your final eight that way, or or some, was, something was, on those lines, it was, right?
3: It was top twelve that moved on, right, in the finals. It wasn't just eight.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so they took the winner from each week. And mm-hmm. then they took four qualifiers on the last week, and then the winner of that week, plus the next three highest averages. Yeah, there, there's a lot of a lot of different scenarios going on there, and maybe that plays into your strategy. Like Tim being in his position, didn't have to play because he would have been in. Same thing with me; I had such a high average, I didn't have mm-hmm. to play either. But I decided to play to help support it. And I was in the same situation as Tim. I, my he first was. three games were absolutely horrible because we were worrying about other things instead of trying to make the cut and stuff like that. So, like you said, it, that's the whole reason for the trial, right?
1: Yep, yeah, exactly. Well, what, what happens in a scenario if, uh, say, you played weeks one and two, your average would qualify, but you were unable to make that final week, right? Or something came up, uh, you know, a couple days before, uh so your average drops well your average would get you in, but you drop out the next person goes in or Yeah. yeah.
0: I do believe that or, would have been the situation, right?
1: Or would you just get a buy and then
3: you get the last payout?
0: No, I think yeah. you, you have to show up. You you, you, you should, you should be there. Have, yeah. yeah. I that's the whole point, right? It is the month end yeah. event.
2: Right. And and really it's the bonus money. You make money on every week yeah. and then you go to the final night to make the bonus money. Yeah, that's right. So,
1: on um, the yeah. problem with that that drop in type of format, if you know you can't make it there for that final week, you're not going to play the three before.
0: Well, yeah, but you could play one and make some money, right? Like there was decent money each yeah. week. Yeah. So yeah. It it I I understand the argument there, but if you're really just worried about the bonus money, then you wouldn't play any of the weeks at all. Oh. So.
2: And I think if it's on something on a week where you know it's gonna affect a, a bunch of people, then they'd probably just push it back a week.
0: Yeah, it'd probably be just mm-hmm. postponed. So, like,
3: like Regina, maybe. No, Regina would be a nah, bad the, the only yeah.
2: time it would ever be affected is the
0: open, really. Yeah. Majorly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. True yeah, sure enough. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. No. I, I know,
1: good. I, good concept. I
0: think, yeah, definitely a different take on the whole league thing and. Um, it was about time because, as we all know, some of the scratch leagues were—they're slowing down. A lot of people aren't playing them anymore. So, um, kudos to them for coming up with an idea to try and spark some uh, excitement back into the competitive scene. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's—it's it's nice to have something different for once. That's for sure.
1: I hope they changed it from like the actual classification as a league into something else, though. Because to me, it's not—it's not a league, right? Uh, to, to me, it's—it's it's, it's a qualification to a final. Um, it, it's a drop-in event, maybe. Uh, to me, it's not a league. And well, if we're—if if we're taking that five, six games or whatever you're playing that that week, and and building an average to go play all these other tournaments, to, to me, it's an unfair format to gain an average. Why well, though? Well, because you're going to have somebody like Kerry who runs his what thirteen whatever or fourteen whatever that week was, right? And now all of a sudden he's going to be playing all these other tournaments, uh, you know, at a ridiculous average if he wants to go play the green and gold or do any of those things, right? But- to, to, to me, to me, it, it, you know, if you only have to show up, you know, x amount of games um people are just going to do that just to gain an average or they're just going to go in there and uh, if they have no no chance to make that top spot they're going to go tank
0: yeah i i truly believe since it's a drop in league that the average shouldn't matter the average doesn't shouldn't qualify you for any any other events
1: and at that point it should not be classified as a league
3: well, I don't know. I, it, I, I don't know. I shouldn't it I be like my...
2: anything else where it's like if you if you hit a certain number of games, you have an average. I mean, like there's all sorts of leagues or tournaments where it's like, hey, you need to have 30 games in or whatever to qualify as an average. It's still hard to get to that point. That being said, it actually may give some people an opportunity to play in events that require an average that they may not have been able to play if that league doesn't exist. So I, at the I, same time, it ha- it has some pros and cons. Adam's just worried he's going to average
3: 300 there, and he can't use his 273 sure park average. <laughs> That's basically what it comes down to. I I personally think it has to be. I think it has to be a league, right? Because it doesn't matter. You, you going down there and bowling at that centre, everybody will know that that what the outcome could be. It'd be no different than you sparing in a league, as far as I'm concerned, right? To, to me, I, it's a tournament
1: I, format, though. It, well, it's not they, a, a league format. They accept Masters.
0: Yeah, but no. So now, because they play the four games and then they play, maybe they run the step ladder. they play an extra three games, those should be included in their average. Every
1: game, sure. Every game you play. Every game you play.
0: Sure. So you're going to have such skewed numbers from player to player. But... And then you're, when, you're going, and then how do you qualify if you have to have sixty seven percent to be qualified for average or whatever? How do you how do you quantify that?
2: Uh, there's there's no like for tournaments and stuff, there's no there's no percentages. Yeah, you're he's like, you're talking about high, high, just, high average though. So. I, I don't for, I don't think the league is it. ever gonna hand out an award for high average.
3: No city, it, high. It, city high. City high. Uh, oh right. I that could be something we have to discuss for sure. I I, I just think I think it has to be because, so in your 400s, is you throw a perfect game, is that going to be counted?
0: I don't see why right? it needs to be. Why does it need to be?
3: I, I I I think I think if somebody shoots a perfect game down there, I think they should. It's it, in a tournament format like it is. I think they should be, they should be honored with that. It doesn't happen just every every day, right? Like
2: and and I. I realize I, it's a unique format, but I mean, even even our our Wednesday match play leagues and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's still more of a tournament format than than other leagues, right? But
0: everybody plays the same amount of games, no matter what.
2: Not if you get spares and stuff too, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I
0: but but then they're regulated, right? You can only have a spare so many times, and then all of a sudden it doesn't matter, right? Your points don't count, your average doesn't count. Yeah,
2: for sure. But, I mean, you know, we have we have people in leagues that, that will, like, you know, play 40 games, but their average still counts. You know, they have to miss half a season because of surgery or vacation or they go down south or, you know, there, there's, 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 a, there's, a,
0: there's a lot of gray areas. Well, I, I think that's up to the Edmonton Five Pin Association that's got to decide if it qualifies or not because the league is set up there for the tournament aspect, the – the money side of it. I don't think those guys are looking to make it into your average. I think that's an Edmonton five pin association look at it.
3: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I just think that, and I'm not going to like, I'm not saying this when I'm pick, picking on him, right? Gino's, Gino's going to be Gino, right? His average is going to be pretty status most places, right? But somebody like Curtis, Curtis's average is 15 or 20 pins higher can be at Bonnie Doon to St. Albert. So if he's playing all whatever how many weeks there and then he goes and plays the Green Gold, right? It's a, it's no different than than you look at Bowl Alberta, okay? So this is this is where I guess what I'm saying. Bowl Alberta, you can play you play your cash doubles for example. So you play your cash doubles at your center. And and I like Ron, for example, Ron Perry plays his cash doubles at his center in, in Fort Saskatchewan. He goes and plays uh, he qualifies out of his zone. He goes and plays at Bonnie Dune. But what the rules is, if he doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the highest average, it's whatever your center average is. And it, it's a different circumstance here. So when Ron plays high low doubles at Bonnie Dune, his average is 220 from Fort Saskatchewan, but he's 260 at Bonnie Dune. But he's using his 220 average because that's the rules. Yeah,
0: but that that's does sort of. The rest of those people th- that play in Fort Saskatchewan that don't play Bonnie Doon get to use their Fort Saskatchewan average.
3: No, but 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 Ron. What I'm saying is, Ron's not using his Bonnie Doon average. Does that make he, sense? He shouldn't that, have to. Because he qualified
0: out of Fort Saskatchewan.
3: I think you use your highest league average no matter what. But with that,
0: I find that so backwards because <laughs> he's qualifying out of a different house. Because I thought it was always your highest league but, average. But somebody but but else see, gets if, to use that average. Why is why would somebody be punished because they're going to go support another center? I I find but, that ridiculous. I always have. I think that's a ridiculous rule.
2: But it, it's mm. it's a way of evening the field, I think, especially when like you know, I, I don't know. I, I I think I think it's an unfair advantage to have a two ten average in somewhere else and be able to use that average in a place where. Somebody's averaging 260 and has to use that 260 average in that house to compete against the people who also average 260 in that house but has a 210 average elsewhere. That, yeah. that, that is completely an unfair advantage. But now I'm, now I'm you're, not, you're I'm, just
0: forcing people, if they really want to play these handicap or POA tournaments, to not play at that center. They just go play at a tougher house, and then they can show up at sure. a low average.
2: So, why, why do you... Why do you think so many people, you know, have spare averages in, in places and then stop sparing at 19 games or 20 games? Because 21 games constitutes an average for a whole bunch of tournaments. So they stop sparing. So,
0: that's what I mean. I'm, so I'm not, you're forcing these yeah. people that have the high averages at this center to use it, even though they're playing in other tougher houses. And that's where they're qualifying out of playing in that center against this, those people. I, I uh, just find it ridiculous that they beat um, those people um, in that house and then they go play at Bonnie Dunn. You're forcing them to use a totally different average than what they actually played at. Okay.
3: So I want to throw a different, different scenario out here. Okay. So, Carrie, on. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, maybe, yeah, you're fine. So, say, <laughs> say say on Wednesday, right? On Wednesday during the Pro League EPL, right? I'm not saying you don't try on Thursday to Sherpa sure Park, but you. Ha- you're more casual. You're less focused, right? You're, you're right? I mean, um, until the tenth frame, really, and that's when you usually show up I hear. So no. Nope. Uh,
0: <laughs>
3: but in a casual beer league, in a casual beer league, and and I'm I'm i the wrong person apparently because I'm the best league bowler, what Kerry Craig says. But <laughs> but in a casual beer league, compared to a more competitive league, you're going to put more effort in the casual
0: beer league than you are in the competitive. League. Okay. Correct? So before you finish, so, what was my heritage yeah. average? And that was a competitive scratch league.
3: Oh, it was a pie house. No. Sure park. Sure park's a pie
0: house, yeah. Yeah, but, but heritage anyways, isn't. So, but, I, but you're forcing me to use my Bonnie Dune average, even though, let's say, I qualified out of heritage with my 255
3: average. I I just think there's so many so many different reasons why sometimes you average differently in two different houses or two different leagues right I, and i and i don't think that is
2: the correct way of going things if you just pick that average look, look guys like the, the the poa tournaments aren't designed for the scratch bowlers anyways really they're not that being said it's got to be fair and equal across the board for these people and like i, I i'm sorry carrie i completely disagree with you I totally disagree. And and the, and just because you know Ooh. what? If if we both if we both bowl at Bonnie Dune and our average is two hundred, and I go and I bowl in St. Albert and I average hundred and forty in St. Albert, but now we're playing a tournament in Bonnie Dune that you qualified out of Bonnie Dune, but I qualified out of St. Albert. Now you have to give me sixty pins a game? How is that
0: fair? So next year, I decide I'm not going to play dune I'm just going to play my 140 house. And then you do spot me, even though we both know we're the same caliber. You're forcing people not right. to play in the easy house. I, yeah, I think but, that's the problem.
2: For for sure. But you're also going to lose a ton of people if you go in there and it's like, all of a sudden, we're the same caliber, but you get a 60. Now this person's just never going to play that tournament again.
0: Yeah, or right. The, yeah, it's, true enough.
2: Right? So th- uh, these... I, the
0: there's got to th- be a drop rule or a ceiling rule, right? Because there is such drastic differences in averages from a body right, there's a massive
2: to, disparity.
0: So there's got to be a way to even that field out because now you are causing issues between two different houses. And I, I, I can see yeah. people bowing out and playing in a certain house when they know they're not a scratch player. And if they get to play in that house later down the line they'd rather have a lower average. Um, We've yeah. seen it happen before. I'm not saying in Absolutely. Edmonton. I've seen it in other cities. So you can't Absolutely. say it's not an issue. There, just... there,
2: there's, a, there's a big reason why you see a whole bunch of people that play, you know, I mean, Masters is interesting because they have a Masters average that, that encompasses four different houses. But, you know, you see people like, I'm going to say roughly 75% of teaching masters in the Edmonton area qualify because they go into a place like Bonnie Dune and using their average that encompasses all four houses, but they just have to use three, the best three tournaments and be be plus one. So they all go into Bonnie at or, you know, and, and are 150 pins over average. And now they can cut of coast for the next two, right? Yeah. Look, look, look it at all the time. Look, look at, always look
3: at the results. Number one in zone three. Insane. Absolutely insane. It just... I, I don't know. There, you're right, Kerry. There has to be a happy medium in there. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I think a scratch bowler understands that scenario a little bit more, and then not being rude about it, than your casual league bowler. So if they're playing two different houses, I don't think you necessarily get mm-hmm. those ones the bow out, because they're just, they want to play. They just want to play two different houses. They want to play with their buddies, but they're going to and I guess that those are the ones that r- will get affected at the end, compared to somebody like us, because well, I mean, yeah. other than green gold and whatever, like very few events, right? So and and it's um, actually
2: it's interesting because I think you're right, Carrie. We're at the higher end of the game. People stop playing like the high scoring houses because it becomes a disadvantage in other places. But that being said, the people who are lower averages, hundred and eighty. 190 average bowlers that don't fully understand the concept of all of it are sitting there and being like, "Man, like bowling, you know, bowling in this house is like way better. Why, <laughs> why is the, why is their house so much better than this house?" And they go play in this house because the scoring is better and they're having more fun because of that. But so I, I it, it balances out somewhere in the middle. I yeah,
0: your think. The casual bowler is isn't gonna. Re- they're probably gonna be drawn more towards the better pinfall for sure but the ones that are into playing the POA events and the handicap events we've seen it where they've avoided playing in the easier houses so um i i just wish there was a way you could get a mean average for these players to stop the unfair advantages i guess you could say but
3: have you ever have you ever seen uh, the Ontario Fives running averages, really kind of cool. So over all their events, like they have all their events, and they actually have a, a running average, so of all their events. So whether it's hollow doubles or you're, you're open and whatnot, and they have it, and then that's what they use. Really kind of neat. You guys, you got you got to get the right people. But the problem is, so what happens? When you play a bowl Alberta event or bowl Canada event, and all of a sudden you go to play a masters and you play a five pin. You got to have that all amalgamated um, 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 together, but that's something. You're right there.
0: No, I, I don't know. That was just my take on. It. That was kind of a good, so I, good topic that popped up. So, out of
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so anybody who has an opinion about that, uh, uh, I know probably JB Rainsberger and the Greenlee brothers are probably comment on it. Yeah. Give us
2: your opinion, <laughs> Sean Langlois too
0: Thanks,
1: yeah. guys. <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know that that whole Bonnie Dune average uh, a couple years ago uh, had had that that big average after taking out Freddie. And quite honestly, the last thing I wanted to do was go play any event at any other house. So yeah. I, I I specifically bowed out at tournaments at Sherwood. As much as I wanted to support those tournaments, I had zero chance going into these tournaments with a 2.89 against somebody who's averaging 2.50. On their playing, you know, their fun league Thursday, not trying Kerry, and uh, you know, in having that forty pin disadvantage against the guy that's an equal, right? Like it, it, it makes absolutely no sense. So, I, I felt
3: okay, taking your money. I mean, when you played with Lucy, it was a good, it was a
1: good thing. That was a big waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> But it was fun.
2: But yeah, yeah. I just I wish there I wish there was such some way of making it even, and the only thing I could think of is just having some sort of control. You know, you need to have one guy bowl in all the houses,
0: take, his, like average,
2: a plus, take minus his average, take his average, be like, okay, this guy, Percentage. this house is five percent better than this house, and this house is seven percent less. It's 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 the only way to get a, a number to figure mm. out what is actually fair. Yeah. So somebody get on it, play in every house across the country, and establish an average, please.
3: Yeah. I, on my standpoint, Carrie, I, I just want to make sure. Like, I think, I think it's not. I think it's you're not doing the bowlers just if you if you don't uh, have some sort of thing for high average for the city with them, right? I mean, that's something we got to talk about. And the same thing as, you know, being honored with those four hundreds or the four fifties and stuff like that, because. Somebody like who doesn't get that off doesn't happen that often deserves to get that accolade, but or maybe just all become C
1: five members and all covered. You know, <laughs> throwing that out there. Yeah, my my opinion, it's a tournament format, not a league format. We'll yeah. leave that. We'll leave that up. We'll, we'll leave
0: then that. He, they better change to the year. Edmonton
2: Pro Tournament thing.
0: Yeah. that was the best you
1: could come up with yep because <laughs> I, I i don't play league anymore the eptt the eptt, <laughs> the E-P-T-T sounds
2: great
0: yeah. Yeah. sounds um, like a
3: poker thing
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i do have a topic that i want to talk about and it's something that's common um i guess in the Poker world and stuff like that—it's a markup for investors. So, um, I'm not sure if five-pin bowling is getting to that point, but some guys sell off percentages of themselves to play in some of these events. Um, do you feel it's fair, or I guess what's your thoughts on it? If let's say I'm selling 10% of myself in the TPC Invitational, it's a thousand-dollar entry, so people are selling 10% for a hundred bucks. Do you feel it's fair that um, somebody that has a good record playing in that tournament sells their ten percent for one hundred and twenty dollars, doing a one point two markup on their investment? Do you feel that's a fair thing? It happens in the <laughs> poker world all the time. Uh, just want your guys' thoughts on something like that. I I think it's fine. If
3: first of all, that, that person must have a massive ego in order to do it, but but. To be honest with you, I mean, if you, if you find 10 suckers to do that, right? I mean, all the power to you. I mean, ironically, that yeah. did happen at the TPC Invitational this year, and that person did not qualify after the 16th. Uh, so it was a waste of money. Really, it was the, a waste
2: of money. At the end of the day, as long as everything is transparent with people, yeah. nobody can argue it, you know? And there will be people who will, you know, spend that money on a horse that you know may have a better opportunity in their opinion right so
0: well it it just um the reason to bring it up is because there's a lot of people that do the whole tour so if you one shift every tournament that's 800 dollars plus there's side pots there's doubles pots there's all this stuff if you could find a mean average like say you're banking on playing two shifts at every tournament just in case and all that stuff, so you come to a mean average of, like, say it's $2,000 for the whole kit and caboodle, you could sell a percentage of yourself, mark it up, and then at the end of the year, you pay out the people that invested in you. You get to keep the markup, but you pay out the proper percentages. I think it's a heck of a tool for some of these people that are struggling making these tournaments because they don't have the funds to maybe look at, doing this markup system and getting people to invest in them because there's lots of people out there that do it already Mm -hmm. um just if they had an idea as to what was fair and what was a good number to base it off of would people be interested in learning about that or do you think it's um frowned upon and you should keep it behind closed doors and not um make it known that that's a situation that some Uh. players are doing
3: I think as long as your investor, is up to your investor. If your investor wants to make it public, that's fine. I just think certain investors don't want to make it public just because I don't think they want to invest with everybody, right? I don't and think the shit.
0: investor itself has to make it public. I think the bowler that's taking the investments, a lot of these young kids especially that can't afford it, they had no, like there's a couple I talked to that had no idea that this was even an option. Um, not saying that you guys do it or you want to let known that you do it or however it works, but do you feel it's a fair, um, route for some of these guys to gain some extra cash to make these tournaments?
1: Well, since simple fact is you're not going to get people investing unless there's a track record or a belief system in place. Right. So I, I remember, you know, when I was, you know, growing up in some of these tournaments like the Autumn Open in Calgary, uh, there was a different investment type system from some of these players where basically, you know, we'll, we'll pay for, you know, your entire shift, but we're going to split half of everything. So you got a hundred percent investment uh, from this guy. You're just out there to play anything that comes back. Okay. It comes back. Right. Um, now, from from what you boys are alluding to uh, <laughs> to the TPC uh, Invitational last year, um, yes, I I did try that system for the first time in, in my in my attempt. Uh, I did it for a number of reasons, uh, a lot lot of test results to be perfectly honest. I wanted to see um, how I did with minimal funds from other investors and quite. Frankly, I felt I could charge a, a slight premium, right? So, and I think my track record, my WCBT record of recent years allowed that. Now, I also did not charge a large amount, right? So, my new, I think it was like uh, 10% for $110, right? So, you're talking only like 0. an extra 1. 10 bucks, right? You're, you're talking next to nothing. But did I, I feel it was worth? <clears throat> worthy? Yes, Right. Did it work out? No, unfortunately. Right. And I felt terrible even at that rate. Right. So like I, I won't be looking at investors on any of those for, for probably the near future. Um, is this something that's needed in the game? Uh, yes. If we want to continue with these high stake events, right. Two, 200 bucks for, for most players to play a shift is, is doable. Right. You might have an investor take care of, you know, 50 bucks or something like that. Right. Uh, Or go after a second shift and uh, you might have an investor for half. Right. So give a little skin in the game. And, uh, you know, if you make your money back, great. If you make a little bit more, fine, buy me a beer type thing. Right. Just figure it out that way. But yes, we, we need the bowling community to support the bowling community. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a lot of guys making relatively decent money at these and we can help, you know, the the game progress with some of these, especially the youth, right, who who we know do not have uh, all this money. Then why would we not reinvest that? And why would we not expect a little bit more of a return? Or maybe that player's on a hot streak and maybe they deserve a premium. I, I don't see any issues in it myself.
3: I, uh, I used to, back when I used to have money, um, I used to help sponsor some of the kids once in a while, and uh, I, I just wanted the kids to play, so my, my rule was, because my theory was if the kids have money, they'll go and show up to the next one or do something else after that. So it, when they qualified, they gave me back my money, and then my 200 bucks or whatever it was to enter, and then the rest was theirs. I found that was fair because at least they can bank it for the next time. But I also heard the the half, too, and that's fine. Whatever works best.
1: If people want to play, they're going to play, and they're going to agree to some sort of terms. I, I, I hope the terms are very well thought out and agreed upon and very well known because I know back in the day they were not always that well known. Especially with the, the new youngsters coming through and have no idea what this money is, and then they go on a deep run, and now all of a sudden half their bankroll is gone, right? Because some of these guys were a little bit more greedy, these investors, right? But uh, at the same time, I don't blame them, right? Like they, this is what the investment is, right? It, it's a windfall for them, so they it's no different than any other bet. They're they're hoping to, to to win a grand off of a of a penny slot, right? They're not looking to make ten bucks. So yeah. I I got no issues with uh, with any of that. Just make sure, like I said, that transparency is big, and hopefully it's not a an amount that people are uncomfortable with.
3: Yeah. Talk talk to one of us if you're out there. Talk to one of us. We know most of the people out there. We can tell them if they're going to be shady or whether take your money away or take advantage of you. Right. <laughs> there's certain people out there just let us know we can at least help you guys out there's a bunch of us out there that will guide you down the right path
1: tim's super shady <laughs> andy's broke <laughs> uh, andy
0: and
1: andy's broke
0: yeah <coughs> no i i just think it's an interesting topic because i do know some people that do quite a bit of investing and stuff like that and i i feel like especially adam you you yourself and mitch davies and these guys that are playing really well always cashing fairly well they there should be a premium on your investment right like a 1.2 markup is not drastic yeah and it, that, that gives you a little bit of extra cash on this premium and you're probably gonna pay out anyways like yeah i i think it it's definitely a way to look maybe help some of these young kids, if they're, if they're going to charge 1.1 or whatever, and it might help cover some of their accommodations, some of their travel expense. Like that's where it really hurts. Like, let's, let's all be honest. $200 ain't hurting you. It's the hotels, it's the flights, it's the baggage fees. It's getting bad. And I, I really do feel for the guys that have to fly to most of these events because it's not cheap. Yeah. You got to
1: run deep.
2: I agree with the premiums. I'm actually okay with that. It's no no different than, you know, an odds maker, setting an odds maker in, you know, a bet. You know, there's a reason why someone is at, you know, one-to-one and someone's at five-to-one, right? So, uh, no different.
0: Yeah.
3: I just want to do a quick shout-out, because Carrie hasn't done it yet. Uh, but to my Thursday Night League Championship, Stacy got Stuck with Assholes, we once we took that championship, and I like to thank you guys for all your support when we shared it. Thank
0: you. You know how I said I wasn't editing? I am yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it, it's okay. You're you're clearly just
2: proving the fact that you are the best league bowl there is. Because when it came down to playoffs, you guys all crumbled. So when it matters, you just can't do it.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, kind of sounds
1: kind of <laughs> sounds like Sunday singles, decks
2: <laughs> oh, oh, frick! I figured I'd spread <laughs> spread some of the money around for you guys. <laughs>
1: And I think you. you're welcome, yeah. <laughs> uh, the
3: other topic I have, I just want to mention that we tried the hybrid doubles mm. from Ontario, what they have out there. It was I think running it, like we talked to we had thirty two teams, we fill it up. I talked to all the scratch bowlers that were, I think, on the fence. It is I think it is heavily dependent on the scratch bowler. Right, and the POA bowler is a bonus, right? I mean, it does. I think that will place you where you are, but the scratch bowler puts you up in that upper area where you have you have a chance to cash.
2: Yeah, for sure. But that being said, the POA bowler can make or break your team. You know, the winning team wouldn't have won if Kayla wasn't 170 pins over average for five games. You know, Um, you know she's she's negative 170 pins they're not in the cash at all, right? So it it was neat. It, yeah, it was it was a unique uh, tournament. It sounded like everybody had a good time.
1: Did was, anybody have to use Bonnie Dune averages? Yes. How'd they do? Yes, they did. How'd they do? Just fine.
3: <laughs> they cashed. They cashed, right? Scratch Buller didn't have to use an average.
1: True. It's a, but again, it, that's, that's a, the perfect scenario that that's gonna hurt your non scratch bowler. That bowls yeah. that are Bonnie Dune averages two forty, that's a two twenty average, and then comes there and averages two twenty. Right now, not, 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 yeah. now they're minus now they're hundred, right off the go. But but right. like your two forty
3: averages mean your scratch bowler most times. They're not gonna be your They shouldn't be.
2: Um do we know how many 400s Bonny Bonnie Doon had this year?
1: Well, they had a six team cash leak for the entire year, so it's got to be a lot less than you guys.
2: Yeah, they, they had less than us. I, just I, I, I just out of that, curiosity, so us. I don't think the average disparity is, is as big as you think. 15 pins? The,
1: the, this no, this year, no, it, 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 was, it was definitely much closer. Um, previously, it was probably like a 15 to 20 pins. This year, is probably like a 5 to 10. Yeah. I saw something it's 15.
3: Adam, what was your average down there?
1: 289? 289, yeah. And then two, your,
3: 273. There you go. Boom. Best bowler again, a sixteen pin difference.
1: Yeah. Uh is <laughs> two, 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 ridiculous though, right? Like that that's not an average that should be hit anywhere.
3: What was your what was your Calgary record? Two eighty. There we go. Another one. <laughs> hey, he's a way better bowler
2: now though. He's a team player, yeah. And it only took four
1: retirements. <laughs> keep trying, boys. <laughs> you guys Matt, keep I'm bringing me back.
3: 2017, he sat there in the Champions Room, said, I'm retired. I was like, perfect, see you later. He came back. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody talked you out of it. You talked yourself out of it. It was crap. <laughs>
1: I just wanted to give you another chance in the uh, the open singles final. oh here we go here we go <laughs> uh, no great great you you great you're great tournament you're, though you'
3: yeah. you're 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 just you're just lucky Gino
0: gave it to you like no you it gave it, you gave it to adam just saying
3: oh, four times to- four times in four years yeah, I get you yeah i <laughs> i I have a heart.
1: Hey. So moving on. Hey, uh, we hey, anyways, great, great hi- hybrid, great tournament. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the 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 format. Uh, Jeremy and Kayla played phenomenal. So very very deserving winners. Uh, yeah. yeah the, 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 I, I still think it's going to be very top heavy driven because I, yeah. I, I think if, if somebody goes goes real hard for for the four or five games, um, I don't I don't think the the handicap player is going to be a whole lot of a factor. Um, so I don't know if there's a, a, a format where maybe you give them like times one and a half or, or something like that of uh, of their their handicap or something that, that kind of brings that player more heavily involved. mm um, <laughs> Uh, obviously, you know, for, with Kayla being 170 over for five games is is huge. But uh, I'm guessing Jeremy probably shot 14 and a half, something, something like that as well.
0: Yeah, 14 something. I think right? she was like 20 percent of the total, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That that's. I think that's the whole point, though, right? Is to get a scratch player to play with a, a lower average player, right? That's the idea uh-huh. behind it. To yeah. Have fun okay. Play.
3: And in all fairness, we, we play with Kayla every Thursday. She ain't a sandbanger. She's no. had a really great night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we had posted before we started this podcast. Um, if you guys wanted to post some questions to ask us, um, kind of a repetitive question that's been pretty much on all our posts over the last 21 podcasts is uh, – How do you stay calm when you're throwing a big shot or how do you repeat the same shot over and over? And we've talked about this a lot and it's just something that um, it's just, it's all about repetition. It's all about mindset. You just, you got to create just a practice routine that you don't, where you're not thinking about, oh, I'm on an eight bagger or I need this shot for gold, right? It it's obviously gonna creep into your mind. It's gonna always be there. It's just how you control it is where it's gonna be the biggest. Uh, Like mine is all about pre-shot routine, doing the same thing every time. Apparently not supposed to reset the pins every time. Supposed to let the coach do that, but uh, (laughs) I'll still do it every time. I don't (laughs) care. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Routines, everything, but in those specific shots, though, uh, I, I. it's there's something about just finding a chance to breathe and taking that one little extra breath before you get on the lanes, right? Cause once you get into your approach, your approach should be very similar in time. If you take that extra time there, well, now you might be a little bit off, right? So take that breath, know that you're going to throw that, that shot, throw that, that, um, that strike, whatever, you're you're going after know before you walk on that approach that that's the shot that you're going to execute
2: yeah that's that's a really good point uh honestly in the last i'm going to say seven years or five years or so my my setup time on the lane has obviously decreased significantly but that's a large reason as to why is that when i got into those situations where i really needed a shot I slowed everything down and I just gave myself an extra second and it was up on the approaches. And honestly, it's the worst thing because now all of a sudden you think about doing this and you think about how you're going to do this part of your shot rather than letting everything everything just be fluid and natural. So for me, I try to do as much thinking as I can behind the approach. Then I get up on the approach. I know what I have to do and I just go. So I turn the brain off while I'm doing those shots. It's worked out way better for me. Just letting everything sing. Yeah, just let everything be natural, and so that's the reason why I sped up my approach. Honestly, not sped up my approach, so I, I sped up my, you know, my time on the lanes. Yeah, do it on the back of the lanes and then go.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's so uh, all those guys asking the same questions, um, we we're more than happy to keep answering it, um, but it just it's a repetition it's getting a good mindset like adam said take an extra breath when you're in one of those clutch shots or like dexter said stay behind think about it off the lane but when you're on the lane just the same repetitive shot don't don't put too much pressure on yourself while you're on the actual approach because that's just gonna creep in bad thoughts and uh, not what you're looking for obviously
1: And I know it sounds like a common theme because we get asked it quite often, but I also think that's a testament of why it's so important. So I I will definitely recommend, you know, a very similar approach every single time to that question, but it's because everybody reacts a little bit differently to that moment, right? So I I think us being able to offer that common ground to them, uh, something that that, uh, they can relate to, um, hopefully it goes a long way in their personal games.
2: Uh, It looks like we got another question here uh, from Mr. Mike Herbert. Uh, POA or handicap bowling is a great way to keep people interested, but too many people become reliant on it. How do you get people to say, I need to practice and get better rather than stay POA? Uh, I think that's actually a great question, but... uh, We've seen it happen a lot through YBC, where you know uh, certain events have changed from like scratch to POA or handicap systems and stuff like that to get more people involved or adding additional spots to get more people involved. But at some point, adding more spots or making, you know, it handicap a POA does, you know, diminish the need to get better. Um, but I guess it sort of depends on what you want out of the sport. If you just want to be a casual bowler and you want your average to be 170, or you don't, you don't care that your average is 170, 150, or whatever, then that's your choice. I mean, everybody gets something different out of the game, and and sometimes that's what it is—just you know, a night to go out with buddies, and the tournaments are a night to go out with buddies and you see that at a lot of like the smaller, you know, POA handicap tournaments, Baggerville, and those places where, you know, it's a, it's a kegger is what it is. It's so, I mean, the, and I, I don't think that's any different than the skill levels in like, you know, curling and, you know, all sorts of different things. People go out uh, golf. It's all the same thing. You know, P- the people that want to get better. Well, the people that don't want to get better won't. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a really good way of making people, you know, be like, hey, like, I want to get better besides, you know, now we have national events for POA tournaments, and that's been around for a long time um, with Masters, but now they have the um, Interprovincial, which has been around for what, how long is it, t- 10 years? At 10 years or so 10, now? 10 another. Another POA tournament at, at Nationals and honestly I think they're great. They're they're a really fun event. But I, I think if you want if you in a sport like this, if you want to force people to get better, you remove those events so that people if they want to get to the highest level of the game, you wanna to get to the national events, you have to do it by getting better to get there. But I yeah. you start losing that that's the only way you force people to get force them to get better. But you lose people at the same time because people are out there for a good time too. I, I I think
3: honestly it's just personal choice. Right? I mean if you want to get better you're gonna put the time in. Right. And I, I unfortunately like you can't you can't cut you can't cut anything like you're talking about Dex cause you lose people. No like exactly I, I, I think I think there's a I, I, I don't know, like I don't know I, I know certain people like Mike what, what are Mike talking about he, he thinks maybe they can go to the next level. And I, I think there's obviously there's certain people I think we got to encourage to go to the next level because they, they, they can. Um, but it's also on um, one, whether their center is going to be able to give them the lanes to get better and practice and, and do that. And two is for them to want to do it. I also think a lot of those, we're uh, talking about teaching masters and, and all those other ones. I think a lot of it is just physical ability. And, and I must say I'm a peak physical athlete, but I, I, I don't have arthritis. I don't have, I don't have, you know, like a, a physical ailment or something like that, that, that that doesn't let me to to bowl the way I can. Yeah. Well, I definitely don't think so. I mean that, that too helps out Adam. Thank you. Um, but, but realistically, I think physical ability is, is huge. There's a lot of people out there that can't physically, you know, bowl, maybe as fluid as the rest of us can
0: or,
1: I think you guys kind of hit it on, on the nail. It's, it's a matter of what you want to get out of the game and how much time you can to put into it to get better. And really, do you want to get better? Or do you just want to enjoy the sport? Right. It's um, I know for, for somebody that, uh, uh, that's been at, at this level for quite some time that I, I've lost some of that fun in the sport uh, year over year. I'm sorry. Start, I'm starting to finally get a little bit of it back. I finally changed the mindset of it, right? But um, there's a lot of people that just want to do that. Uh, I, I know when you read that question from Mike, Tex, uh, <laughs> the first kind of group of, of players that, I, that came to my mind um, were some of those uh, those teaching slash tournament masters that are kind of stuck in the middle of both Mm-hmm. Right. The, uh, the, I know for, for, for years, like the, the, the Kevin Alstrom's of the world, right? They'd be 225, 230. Um, they'd have no chance in the POA side of it uh, at, at uh, provincials. Uh, but they really struggled to play at that next level. So what can we do, I guess, to try to encourage those guys to put the extra effort, to put the time um, et cetera. I, I don't know if that's where Mike's kind of going with his question, but that, that's where immediately those type of guys came to my mind.
0: So I guess Ken. my thought on this is I, I agree with you guys. It's um, you, you, want, you have to have the want. If you don't have the want, you're not going to get better, right? But maybe part of the problem is lack of accessibility to adult coaching. Do you, any of these centers actually really have a time that an, they adults can come in and take a lesson from a pro or a registered coach or any of that stuff? I know Heritage Lanes did a program on Tuesdays, I think it was, after 4 o'clock. They did a hour session with a, a coach, a registered coach, I do believe, was there. And people could come in and they would get lessons and maybe that's a that's a program that needs to be thought about maybe these poa players are poa players because they don't have access to somebody that can coach them to be better
3: i i I agree i totally agree with that we we do a drop in with the youth and stuff like that and we've always offered hey you know what if if you need extra help let us know we can book a time one of us always be there kind of thing but Terry, i'm not going to maybe maybe it's the wrong way of saying it but there's certain people that help out coach maybe can never get you to the next level that you think they can right there's certain coaches that will help out and volunteer but I just I, I think there's only like certain limits sometimes certain coaches have right I think and I think the ones that are accessible to them nine times out of ten aren't the ones that are going to put them to the next level
1: I, 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 I'm being honest with you, right? I, I, I think coaches connect on so many different levels between different people. I, the, some, some of the best coaches I've ever had are the, the 150 average players, but I responded to them, right? So whereas, you know, some of the 270 average bowlers, I couldn't hear the word they said, right? So uh, I, I think it's just a matter of being able to, to work with the individual, um, right, and
2: it, de- it depends on where they're at in their game too. Of course, I mean that that's that that is absolutely makes total sense for me. For you, Adam, right? Because you averaging, you know, two sixty, two seventy, two eighty, whatever. I mean, I mean, you could have a, a one fifty average bowler come in that just gets you into the right headspace. Correct. Because that's what you need. You have you have the physical ability or and the and the muscle memory already put in place. It's the people who are at like 220, 230, 240 that have minute changes the fine changes that need to be made in order to get to that 250 260 area um that sometimes you know the the coach just isn't capable of seeing those things or just hasn't been around enough situations where they've noticed this 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 fine new change might help you in this or this this that's it. Just depends on where you're at, where you're at in your game, right? So I, I think a, a 270 average bowler could, if they're capable of communicating well, would be a benefit, a benefit to a 220 average bowler to help, you know, get them to the next physical part of the game. Whereas, you know, maybe you just need someone to put you in the right headspace.
1: And it's such such a different sport, right? There, there's so many different aspects to a shot in five pin bowl. And it's not like you, you get to uh, uh, like a golf range where basically there's one, it's, uh, I guess, one simple motion um, and there's only so many little variables just to get a guy to, to hit the ball straight for 10 yards. Right. Like it, it, a lot of these coaches, they need time with these players. They need to understand their, their mannerisms, uh, their, their individual, you know, destruction too, right. Their, their mind space. They, they, they need that time. Right? It's yeah. not like you can just have a drop in session and, uh, somebody from the public and all of a sudden they're going to gain 50 pins. Right. Like they're, they're, it's, it's not exactly as simple, uh, as yeah. that.
2: Yeah, and those coaches need to have the time around the game too. Right?
1: Sure. Uh
2: yeah. and and the time around the game with the if you if you're looking to push them to the next level, those coaches have needed to spend time around the highest levels of the game too. Because that's where you're going to see the very the the very well-developed muscle memory of the highest average bowlers and the mental side of the highest average bowlers. That that's where you're going to see it, right? So, um, they may not have to be the highest average but I think they definitely need to have like been around that side of the game to see that side of the game. The experience.
3: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I'll i be honest with you. A lot of it, too, is facilitating how, how you push that forward. If you if you take Dex and I, I would put, always tell you to talk to Dex before you talk to me because Dexter is way better at facilitating on on all that stuff than I am, right? And uh, I, I just think I think we're missing some of that stuff. It's a lot. It's, I guess, I guess, yeah. If you're look walking into a bowling center and you're asking maybe the front counter staff for help, maybe it's not the right person. I, what I'm saying is I think that's yeah. you know,
0: right. And that, that's something I hope um, listeners of this podcast, like um, that's, I guess the goal of five pin universe is to bring that stuff to the forefront and hopefully we'll be releasing instructional videos in, throughout the summer and we hope you, the pins over average players, the scratch players, the handicap players, the youth players, um, hopefully they get something out of this, um, this information that we just really just like talk, talking about. Now we have a media source to blab it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope it, it, uh, it pays off in the long run. And I think we're going to kind of wrap up this podcast right now, kind of on that note um, cause we don't want to, we don't want to blow everything up in one week. Um, so I'll just do a couple quick shout outs and then Tim has another quick thing he wants yeah. to mention. Um, I just want to thank you guys for coming onto these podcasts and, uh, bearing with me through uh, tax season as we like to call it <laughs> and, uh, being, being back and doing this podcast and especially the patrons that have, uh, put some money up every month. Um, to make this uh, come into fruition and hopefully bring instructional videos and more media coming out through 5Pin Universe throughout the summer and hopefully coming out strong at the start of next season. So uh, thank you guys very much. And go ahead, Tim, if you have another uh, piece of advice you want to add.
3: (laughs) Well, I just want to do one quick shout-out. Our bowling world lost – a very important person this, this week and uh, it was the five pin bullion memes. They have foreclosed their page and uh, we want to apologize for if we had any issues with it. We? You, we? you want to apologize. <laughs> so, I like to, I like to shout out saying it was a valiant effort and we appreciate you putting all your effort in and we will miss you. Rest okay. in
2: peace. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes that's awesome that's a good sign off i love that yeah. all right guys thanks for uh joining in and uh, if anybody has any more questions or topics they want discussed for next week uh submit them on facebook or become a patron and submit them on our patreon page at patreon patreon.com slash five pin universe thanks guys cheers boys Perfect.